You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 41 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Microsoft Regional Director and Office Apps and Services MVP, Joel Olison. Hey, this is Christian Buckley. We've got another MVP Buzz Chat recording. I'm here with Joel Olson. And Joel, hello. Hey. Why don't you introduce yourself? Because Joel, I mean, Joel being kind of a, a new, like new to the MVP world and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So people probably don't know who you are. Maybe it would be beneficial to uh, share some of your background. You know, it's interesting. I think my wife was calling me arrogant yesterday, so I'm actually not going to even entertain the fact that you're extremely sarcastic there. I'm just going to pretend like you meant to say all that. <laughs> I got to work on my arrogance, apparently. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's great to meet everybody on the podcast. Um, and i um, very happy to, to be... Um, well, tell, to be, to be what are you doing? What's the day job? Talk, give so, um, I don't know if you can see behind me. Um, I work at Blizzard, and uh, that that describes the uh, sword and shield in the background, <laughs> and the crazy orcs. Yeah, so my day job, nine to five, I'm working at uh, Blizzard Entertainment. Um, and what do they do? They make video games, uh, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Hearthstone, and it's part of Activision Blizzard. So you got your Call of Duties. It's also part of King. You know, Activision Blizzard is a parent company that all this pulls together. Um, King, Candy Crush, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So everybody's probably touched our games. In fact, small little fact, guess what game actually shipped with Windows 10? Candy Crush. Yeah. So yeah, we've, we've, uh, we work with Microsoft, happy to be um, hosted on uh, Windows 10. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's funny, just as a side topic, we were talking about uh, another industry, we were talking about some of the, before we started recording, the blockchain stuff. And it's interesting how the, uh, people that came from the gaming world and specifically the uh you know uh, the whole the whole the idea of of real world uh, fiat currency being used in these virtual worlds i mean all of that was pioneered um through the the, the games and it's just I mean massive business and i know that's I don't, well i don't know if that's the side of things if, if blizzard's involved with um you know, running those I would say a lot of the big growth for Blizzard is is um, is esports. I mean, the Overwatch was huge, and uh, they are they're, they're over, the Overwatch leagues, which happened this year, is uh, they were talking about how um, in football you have you know so many million fans um, or so many fans people who watch football. Mm -hmm. There was a uh, I don't know if it was a quip or a statistic, but basically somebody was saying there are more people who play Overwatch than watch football. And that, that just kind of blew my mind, you know, like, whoa, yeah. when you think about that from a rate ranking and, and so people who play Overwatch, if you're a really good player, you can actually be um, brought into a team. They've actually got teams who they'll, they'll put you up, you know, pay for your housing, feed you, and you can play video games as a professional player. Wow. And uh, you I, I'm not much of a gamer. I, so I, I love the, I, I think you know this. I mean, I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan. And, and so the, uh, uh, you know, the, so that, that one genre of games is about the only thing that I'm, I'm really interested in. And, 
and and playing those kind of you know over time and you know i i think i could actually do that maybe not as a full-time job but uh certainly uh, <laughs> part-time yeah and we're talking like full-time decent salary to be playing video games and they've got the pot if your team wins you get to share in the winnings well because you're based amazing. in california so that's why there's in pot is legal there <laughs> that's all right yeah you see what i did there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like, I'm, I'm not saying all gamers are stoners i'm just saying anyway anyway so uh, so so I, I i'm not a young pup so it probably does make sense for me to go back in history to talk about the context of who joel is and i don't mean to talk about joel in the, the third person like out of body are you going to talk about that yeah. are, can you see yourself looking down on yourself right now are you able right to yeah so way way back in the day i before i before 2000 i was uh working at a telecom working on um n-tiered web applications and uh working on you know it's part of ASP apps and intranets and all that kind of stuff. We were hosting stuff with, uh, it was Nextlink and then it became Exo Communications. So I was working a lot with web-based technologies for uh, at least pr probably, a, yeah, yeah, probably a 10 years at that point, something like that. No, 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 three or four years. Let's, yeah. I don't wanna make myself too old. Yeah. But um, I had an interview at Microsoft with the exchange team of all people um, and they were building this thing. So they became the messaging and collaboration team. And as you could say, essentially, I was one of those first collaboration hires in, in the operations world at Microsoft IT. So we were basically building out what was called Max at the time. And part of that collaboration was these tools. One of them was called Office Web Server. The other one was called Tahoe. And I was brought in as this IT hire to take what the product team had been playing with under their desks to actually move that into the data center. And uh, those teams were so anxious to actually get that code into the IT data center at Microsoft, they had basically racked servers <laughs> because IT was going too slow. And uh, so they basically hired me as that first IT hire, full-time hire focused on what would later be called SharePoint and IT. Hey, was that the team, you said, uh, you know, so the messaging collaboration, was that HMC, was that hosted messaging and collaboration? When we were in, because I joined MMS, so mm -hmm. I sort of, uh, managed services and, and that got renamed BPOS. And so we shared. I would say this is probably a couple generations prior to that. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so prior to that, but, but was that, but I was a liaison with internal team with HMC. I don't know if that was the same group to so the hosted messaging and collaboration team. This was straight up IT at Microsoft. Okay. Uh, even IT itself went through a couple of names in that time period where it was um got for a little while and then they found out that that actually meant god in uh in german <laughs> so they had to come up with a different uh, yeah, yeah yeah different yeah yeah anyway so that that didn't stay for very long so eventually it became just straight up microsoft it and inside of that you know we rolled up through the cio you know it was um derek ingles focused on um messaging and collaboration it was the exchange team uh dave walsh yep. um Who's still there? Yeah, so amazing. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those those first few years, it was SharePoint two thousand one, like Portal Server. Then the marketing team decided, hey, let's call both of these products SharePoint. And by Service Pack one, they actually kind of worked together, where you could actually index with Portal Server across team services. Yep. 
Yeah. I, I, so the time frame where I, I met you was actually, I don't remember exactly how we got connected. It was before I moved up to the area. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I think I was, I met you, came on campus. It was 2004, I believe August, late July or August, I think August. And so what's funny is I was on a DL and somebody on that DL, and I know which DL we're talking about, but basically somebody had flipped me your resume and I was looking at your resume and I was like, hey, we're looking for a PM, you know, we're looking for somebody who has some technical skills and uh, could help us out here. And so I flipped this over to- well, That was later. That was actually- Yeah. Uh, that was early 2006. I'm saying oh, before that. So before that. Yeah, because I was still living in California, and I moved up there, um, you know, in, end of summer. But I, I had, uh, I came on campus. We got connected somehow because I wrote a white paper, which is still the white paper. The link, the PDF is gone, but the blog post is still on my blog. So back from like I don't know April or May of 2004. Okay. Um, so I've got the full text there where I wrote, I basically uh, went through and said, Hey, you know, Microsoft, this is what, you know, what you're missing with. Yes. Sure. Yes. I remember that exchange. Yeah. Yep. Cause I, cause I had actually gotten involved in building. I, I was hired by a company called E2Open to as a first product manager to build out a hosted collaboration platform for our supply chain uh, collaboration overall solution. And we went live in 2001 and so did deployments for a couple of years, went to Hewlett Packard, helped them deploy something similar. Um, and uh, so I had experience at a couple of companies doing something that, you know, uh, and for those that don't, you know, don't know all the acronyms, all of this are, these are the pre and pre and pre, pre, pre cursors to what yes. is now Office 365, yep. and specifically yep. the hosted SharePoint solution. And, and I think that that was actually where we, we were able to kind of work on some of the same stuff, um, whether it was at the same time or whether it was me kind of setting things up and you kind of taking over. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, all... we, we only overlapped there on that team for, I don't know, like three months maybe because then you went to right. the product team. Yep. I stayed yeah. there on deployment. So, yeah, but it's, it's uh, you know, with all of that. And then we also have, you know, we've uh, you know been involved with a lot of other community just event stuff. And I, I went on to, help launch a lot of the SharePoint Saturdays in the Western US and, and yeah and, and I got fairly involved in the user group in in um, in Seattle the uh, Puget Sound user group working with Owen and uh, and Bo and all those guys um, yeah. with that with the user group there in Seattle and then you could say that um, so it was five years in IT uh, which included the time with what would later be called Office 365 and, and SharePoint Online. And then was working with, um, and Jeff, uh, in, um, in, in the marketing side as a technical product manager mm -hmm. uh, at Microsoft. And that, that focus was, you could say I was really, when I first got over there, I was basically focused on the IT audience. So Mike Fitz was focused on devs, I was focused on IT and Essentially, that first year, um, I, I was able to over um, tech eds. So that was a lot of fun, kind of figuring out who would go to which events and making sure we had representation for people talking about talking about SharePoint. And it wasn't that that's what got me into speaking at events. It was actually prior to that, uh, that first year I was in IT, that we were figuring out what our global footprint would be as we rolled out the service. And trying to figure out, well, 
how do we build a global service to, to support this collaboration platform and our portals and search and what should global enterprise search look like? And we evolved it over time and we decided what the footprint should be. And we were always trying to come up with the, the best things that fit. Well, there was one day, my manager's manager comes in my office and he says, do you have a passport? And I was like, um, no, but I can get one. And uh, he says, uh, well, we need somebody to go to Paris to speak at this IT event to talk about. And, we, and you're the only person we know that knows SharePoint. So I was like, happy to do it, yeah. you know. It's tough and sometimes, I know, I know. It's yeah. tough, it is tough. So it was, it was that event that I, you could say I learned so much from that one event because I was trying to be really, really good and fit it in a box and, you know, I go to this event and I'm the only one who didn't add a weekend on the front or on the, on the back and whose spouse wasn't meeting up with them and spending some time in Paris. Um, I did sneak out one day and go see the city and loved it. <clears throat> Knew that from that point on that I needed to go to a new country every year. But can I just say though, Joel, you're kind of underselling yourself on the, the fact that even before that travel, I mean, you were kind of the, the voice that people found or the, or the, the, you know, the, the words that they found uh, when asking questions about this new product yeah. for a long time. And, I, and I often say that a lot of the, the community that is out there around SharePoint, around Office 365, and you could say around any new products that are coming out, a lot of the, the growth of that explosion that is, is sometimes uh, has a direct relationship to the lack of documentation yes. or, you know, or the complexity of that. And, and for sure, sure. For all the things that we love about it, and it's a, the, sometimes a love-hate thing around it, um, you know, historically at least, um, is the fact that there just wasn't documentation and, and people were, I say the community was driving more of that, you know, content and that that's a lot of what drove it. it, it absolutely correct. And while that event in Paris was in 2001, I started my blog sometime. It was MSN spaces. If that gives you any kind of indication of how long ago this was, wow. <laughs> I started an MSN space as a blog while I was in it and started sharing hey, here's how I fix this problem. And uh, me kind of talking about uh, the lunch ladies or something, you know? So it was really a lot of weird stuff in the beginning, me just trying to figure out how to blog. And uh, it, I started getting feedback from people and people saying, hey, this is good stuff. And in fact, well, I've, I've actually found some economies of scale while I was at Microsoft where I would document something and because somebody would ask me a question, I get the question again. And it's like, okay, so if I'm getting this question more than once, I'm gonna send this, I'm gonna write this up because I have to send this an email to somebody. So why don't I just write this in such a way that then the next time I'm sending a link to it. Mm -hmm. And what was great was over time, now I've been posting this as a blog. And in the beginning, I'm having to train people, hey, did you go check my blog? And what was fantastic was I would then get new questions that would that it would preface the question with, I've already checked your blog, I've already searched, just to let you know, and here's the new question. Right. And as somebody who was in IT who, you know, this was like, whoa, this is great. I'm actually learning how to scale myself by simply just putting my knowledge out there and then people consuming it. You know, a lot of people say, how can you do this? How can I not do this? This was actually the way that allowed me to scale. And it allowed me to actually think through things and actually document it a little bit more. 
you know what's kind of, kind of funny about this is that so I've I've lectured. In fact, I just had this conversation again um, uh, on Friday where I lectured my daughter who's getting ready to graduate grad school about. I said, you know, now I've lectured you for five and a half years of your university life on how you need to be out there blogging. And she's like, oh, I, you know, it's, it's hard. It's like, no, because her blog, like, she's done it a couple of times. And there are these like epically long, like feature article detail. I'm like, that should have been like eight to 10 separate blog posts. Yeah. And break, break that up. I said, but it's, don't think of it as you're doing this big, everyone in the world will see it because they won't, not initially at least but more of a document what you're learning, document your understanding of that, which is gonna evolve over time, but put it in place where then you have access to it. It's a resource to you out there, but yeah. then your thought process over time and start collecting that. And so I've got, you know, my, my second oldest is in, in college and I'm lecturing him on it and lecturing <laughs> is not working. And I've got, you know, one that'll be in school this, this fall again, I'm gonna, lecture him about day one being out there writing blogging about what he's learning about you know I, I can totally identify i've got a son who's really really into music and i was like if you really really want to do music you really really need to learn social media because as soon as you've got some some really good piece of content you want to push that into your network and your people are going to consume it they'll let you know whether it's good or not and if it's good they'll be able to push it back into the greater community push it to their friends but if you cut people off and you say, hey, this is just the people I like and it's a very small group of people that I know and talk to every day. That's not, that's not what social media is about. It's, it's, it's about this network that you've built so that you can amplify those things that you're, you're trying to share with your community. And it is, I, I kind of look at it as a, it's a bank account, you know, it's an investment. Anytime you invest in that, it's, people will actually reflect back on, on the stuff. It's, it's a fantastic sounding board on what's good and what, what works. And I think we're, we're all better. Um, those of us in the community who've invested in that, that network is extremely powerful. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Blows my mind actually. Um, yeah. In fact, I think about uh, when I first left Microsoft in 2008, I had posted on my blog, this, this, you know, the same system, Hey, I'm uh, going to be going to uh, speak at a conference in Dubai and Istanbul. What do you guys think? Should I go to Egypt, um, Petra, or Jerusalem? And I didn't realize how powerful my network was at the time. I thought they would just talk about these spots and say which one they thought was cool. But instead, there's a guy from Jordan says, you come to Jordan, we will take you to Petra. You can speak at our user group. You know, we'll, we'll meet you at the airport. You won't have to spend a dime because we're going to take care of you. And then the guy from Israel chimes in and says, no, 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 no. Um, the prophet Moses stopped in Jordan, but Joel, the prophet Joel is going to come to Israel and we're going to show you Jerusalem and we're going to take you to the places where Jesus walked and all this stuff. And this is a Jewish guy. It was fantastic. <laughs> He's talking about, he knew, he knew because of the blog, he kind of knew my background and he was pumping up that stuff. And so while I didn't do Egypt on that trip, less than a year later, there's a guy from Egypt who's saying, Hey, come on, you know, you, know, you got to come speak at our, our user group in Egypt. And uh, man, the, the life has just been uh, like that, that network where it's like, I want, I want somebody in every place. In fact, um, just a year ago, 
um, my son Jared had a spring break and I'm a nice dad and he said uh, I, I told both of my boys hey you can pick a place in the world where you go if you well when you graduate and uh, he's, he says I want to go to Singapore and you know not, not every parent says that to their kid, but I was like, all right, Singapore. So I reached or searched the flight, found a $300 flight one way to Singapore. It's like 384, I think. And, uh, and I was like, huh, I wonder if we could go the other way back. Because for some reason, the other side of that one-way ticket was like $700. So it was like, yeah, what ended up being like still 800, 900 bucks. But if we just did it one way, and then figured out our way back the other way through discount airlines. So we, we ended up doing this round the world trip because it had a really nice layover in, in Shanghai. And uh, we go to Singapore, Michael meets up with us. We speak at the you know, community there in Singapore. And there were some temples I wanted to see in Indonesia. So we go over to Jakarta, meet a SharePoint guy there, takes us to dinner. Uh, we then go over to Brunei. Brunei Cloud Group hosts us, picks us up at the airport. And then uh, fly to India, SharePoint guy arranges to have a driver pick us up, take us out for the day. When he's done with work, he takes us over to his house, we have dinner. Uh, I had lost my phone in Malaysia at that point at one of our stopovers. He picked up my phone, sent it home. So that, that part just blows my mind. You know, he, out of his pocket, he paid for my phone to send it home. Wow. Um, and then we go on to Oman. We just barely missed the SharePoint guy there. <laughs> Um, in Kuwait, had a SharePoint guy who met us at the airport, um, flew on to Iceland. We, we, I didn't want to make, you know, at that point we were going to be there for a couple days. And so we, we, we rented a car. So no, no big deal that we didn't meet the SharePoint guys. I, I know those guys well. I've, I've had that, you know, ice, big truck over the ice fields. Yeah. With a SharePoint guy. So definitely had some amazing, uh, excursions there and same same deal with Sweden um, obviously we know a lot of people in Sweden um, before we flew home um, but yeah I mean the fact that you can you can today go around the world and have SharePoint people pick you up at the airport um, is pretty mind mind-blowing you know and it, we're talking deep deep um, relationships like that that same uh, son he was doing his own he loves travel and he was doing this uh european trip and uh a lot of people parents wouldn't be comfortable with their kid right out of high school flying to europe and going to like all the scandinavian countries and poland he was actually going to go to russia and uh, uh portugal and spain just basically road trip for like three four weeks um before he came home I had a SharePoint person in every city <laughs> lined up that he, he was, he had a Facebook message with basically each one of them that he knew who to reach out to if he got stuck. Yeah. And I'd say that, I mean, your boys are pretty well traveled. And so they, they've, uh, you know, yeah. have, have learned some things. Like I would be right. a little more nervous with, uh, with my, you know, two boys, younger two boys, you know, going and doing, doing something like that. But uh, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they're not as well traveled, but yeah. So it was, it was that round the world trip where I was like, okay, Jared, you drive, you know, I've lost my phone. You, you drive. <laughs> and uh, he, he did a great job. And I think it helped him with confidence. He was planning on going with a buddy and the buddy couldn't make it. And uh, Jared's like, I'm not going to cancel. And uh, so he did that full trip himself. 
pretty fantastic. What's what's really crazy is our family was actually in Africa while he was in Europe. So he was really kind of really, really on his own. <laughs> um, you know, we were basically Facebook messaging and texting back and forth. But yeah, that's very cool. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to I've done something similar with my my kids. It's like we, we refer to it as the you know, the epic trip and then graduate high school. So uh, well, my yeah. da my daughter got gypped because she went and did some other stuff. But, uh, you know, it was uh, for my oldest son, it was the UK, my middle son, it was, uh, he wanted to go to uh, China. And so we were over in Shanghai and Nanjing. And, and uh, then my youngest, he, we had the, the options we were discussing were because we had some family that was doing spending the summer, my sister in law, her husband and kids were in Barcelona. And so I said, so well, we can go stay with them for free and wander the city and all around there. And I said, or Iceland. And he's just like, no, Iceland. Let's do Iceland. Yeah, yeah. That's he did, awesome. He did seven days. It's, it's, uh, yeah. That's where Jared learned to drive stick was in Iceland. <laughs> it's fun. I wish he, my, Josh had known how to drive stick. Of course, we get home and my wife spent the next uh, month with taught him how because down in Argentina, he's. Uh, he's oh, sure. Couple times, so yeah, makes sense. But uh, well, uh, say just to kind of uh, wrap up. I mean, one one thing that uh, you know, obviously, you are traveling a lot around the world, a lot doing a lot of these, you know, visiting communities. That I mean, going back to kind of the the start of SharePoint Saturday, had the same idea was bringing content and speakers and community to these places that would never get a full SharePoint conference yes. or whatever, yep. but you're, you're going even further than that. You're meeting up with these, you know, 10, 20 people sometimes in these communities that have not even had a user group meeting yet and helping kind of put those together. And yep. so you've had a you know, tremendous influence on that. And I don't know, maybe talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So as an example, there was one trip where we were going to go to uh, Georgia and Armenia and we had already planned our flights out and everything. And we reached out to, you know, it's, it's either friend or friend of a friend on Facebook. And uh, we, we'd had that with, with, uh, with the, this guy in Yerevan. And what was fantastic was he basically helped set us up at the MTC in Yerevan. And um, we created our little event, Bright to Gather People. Had 75 people sign up. Um, 125 people showed up like huh? that doesn't happen yeah, <laughs> many other places yeah, the metrics are opposite of yeah <laughs> what's funny is they were telling us that steve ballmer had been there a couple weeks earlier and we actually had a lot more people than steve ballmer did apparently our marketing worked a little better <laughs> <laughs> but uh so the, the fact that we were gonna be flying into georgia we're like well, we need to do an event in georgia and we're not talking atlanta we're talking like <laughs> the, the the yeah the country georgia yeah, we reached out. We we through the grapevine, we found somebody at Microsoft who who was in that office. We said, "Hey, we want to do a SharePoint event there," and they're like, "Um, we don't think there's a SharePoint community here." I'm like, uh, there is, whether you think there is or not. <laughs> and uh, we created our little event bright, and we got them to give us the conference room, and uh, we had 35 people who signed up. Um, we overfilled the conference room, and Microsoft said this was the biggest event they'd ever done there in Georgia. In fact, they'd only been in that office for a couple of years. And so it, we, we had some really nice dinners with the, the GM there and the, their whole group. They all kind of came out after they saw all the people who signed up. They were like, we need some support here for this community. Um, 
and, and it, it repeats over and over again. We, we, uh, I remember the SharePoint Saturday we did in Jamaica. It's like, hey, we, we want to come. Can you host us? Microsoft's kind of like, are you sure? <laughs> and uh, with a little bit of convincing, we're like, hey, look at, here's the stuff we've done. Look at the SharePoint Saturday structure. Look at the things we've done. And uh, they're like, all right. So we had the dinner the night before, met with a few partners locally. And they're like, you know, you, this is really a tough weekend because there's this race thing that goes on, which is a really big deal in Jamaica. They're like, people won't really show up. We had 20 people that came, had a very solid event. Um, and uh, Microsoft was super happy with the, uh, the results. And, uh, and it's, it's over, it really is over and over again that we, we do this kind of thing and kind of just blow, blow the local, local leadership at Microsoft or in the community, which kind of blow them away. You know, it's funny that uh, I get feedback a lot for uh, we're going in and doing, you know, SharePoint Saturday or other activities. And we say, well, we do this model is, you know, it's always free to attend and it's, uh, it, you know, it's on Saturday and, and it, uh, we hear this all the time. And in fact, we just had our, our eighth annual SharePoint Saturday, Utah. And uh, I mean, you were there, the, 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 I think you, on most of them you've been there. Yes. Yeah. So, so the very first one I missed. Yeah. <laughs> But the, yeah. So, yeah. So with, with all those, but it's like, we always get the people that it's their first time to it. They're like, you know, you probably do much better if you had this on Friday, but like, you don't know. We, we would, no. uh, yeah. it, with the numbers are actually like we different areas have, have tried it. It's uh, I will always argue. It's like, look, there's always going to be people who have family issue conflicts of can't be there on a weekend and just that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm okay yeah. with Hawaii saying that. It's different just because most of the folks that are there are, you know, uh, there's a lot of government people and, mm -hmm. and with flights during the week, yeah. they're already there and they fly back to their, the, the other islands and stuff. So that makes sense. And, and let's be realistic. It's Hawaii. Who's going to be inside a building on a Saturday in Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, what I love about it is um, just like when you do a conference and there's the last one of the day, the people who are in there are the diehards. They're the people who want to be there because they could be back in their room packing up and or or you know chilling out in the the bar or whatever because yep. nobody cares about that last session. But the people who are in the room, they're there because they want to be there. And right. SharePoint Saturday is a lot about that. It's like you're coming on a Saturday because you want to. You're, you're and that's why I think the friendships kind of it's the diehards. These are the people right. who. They bleed SharePoint, you know, or they're, they're really, it's like, often, there's a, there is like a refining fire just in that, that as well is that you have the people that will actually show up on a Saturday and then you have a subset of them that, uh, that are there for the last session of the day and the raffle and the and stuff at the yeah. very end of that. And then we always have a SharePoint after that, which is just networking, you know, yeah. you know, and, and things. And there's a subset of those folks that show up at that. It's like, you know, the refining fire of like who the diehards are of yes. who shows up at that SharePoint. Those are the ones that you want to uh, make sure that you're connected with because. In fact, and in fact, I would say with the Utah event, it's the people you see at 1 a.m. <laughs> that are hanging out with you still at Area 51, <laughs> where there's all <laughs> the crazy, all the music is, and stuff happening. I don't know. What it, and, and by the way, it's like which is like the after after party, you know, because yeah, it's like. Yeah. There's, there's the uh, the piano bar where you get the people. It's like, okay, that's broad appeal. But when you start getting to the really weird places, then you know they're just like, these people are more than just 
your colleagues. These people are your friends. Right. I, I just say on that note, though, uh, you know, just having seen Harlan, Eric Harlan, so one of the you know the founding members of SharePoint Saturday was yeah. come out, and I, we're under no illusions that he came to see us in Utah. He came because we just had like six or eight feet of snow dropped, and he's a skier. And it's just awesome here. But but anyway, he was just here. But I was just thinking how those Area 51 photos and some of the video from that, it might be time for some of those things to kind of resurface again. Yes. I'll have to go dig those up. There's some funny photos from that. <laughs> I, think, I think then suddenly we've not heard from Dan in years and he'll probably pop up again uh, to ask me to please not surface some video and photos. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, good, good times, good times. Good times. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll definitely have to uh, have a conversation about next time you're coming through town here, are some things going on, but uh, would love sure. to come and host you and, and uh, have you, of course, always speak to the user group, but uh, that, that invitation is open to any RD MVP that, you know, comes through Utah if you've got time, no matter when it is, whether it's uh, close to when our you know, our monthly user group meets, there's we, we'd love to uh, you know post you to do something to put something together. So please reach out. Yeah, you know I obviously things slow down in the summer, and I, but I do have a family summer thing. We're going to Bear Lake, so I will be in Utah this summer. Um, so there, if there's anybody, it's probably going to be those diehards in the summer. I I, I kind of think we should have the. Uh, how do we do the community picnic, you know? People where it's like technology side, but we get everybody together and just chill, you know? Have a good yeah. time. It's like what well, those share points are about. We've had some ideas. There's nothing wrong with just but saying, hey, you know, Joel's gonna be in town, let's do a share pint, it'll be this time. And, yep, and yep. people, even if they've got time off and they're just hanging out at home, they're like, hey, I gotta go show up to this. Oh and yeah, yeah. Come on. We'll have to just, we'll just have to make that happen. Yep. Now, now you were asking, uh, or you mentioned earlier before we started this thing about what I've got going on and things. Um, I will be in uh, doing a family trip to China next month. Um, so if there's any folks who want to get together in Beijing or Chengdu or Xi'an or um, where's the other one? Uh, well, Zheng, you, you put, you're putting like a timestamp on this video now. So if somebody could be watching this six months from now, I'll just make it clear to everybody out there that might be watching it, that's true. Still be interested in talking to you about his next trip to China. So please yeah. reach out. Yeah. That's true too. And I will be speaking at SPC in 2019, um, talking about search. Yeah, I'll see you down there. Microsoft search stuff. See you in Vegas. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's Vegas is always a fantastic time. So. Well, very cool. Joel, thanks a lot for your time and, uh, and for sharing some of this. And of course, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach you? Uh, you know, Twitter actually, and I don't know if I should say this out loud, but if you DM me, it does text my phone. So DM on Twitter is a good way. Facebook Messenger for friends is, is good. Um, I do have a blog, it's collabshow.com. Can't say that I would immediately respond to a post on a blog, but, uh, but I would say LinkedIn, maybe within a couple days. <laughs> But yeah, they're, they're, I'm definitely, it's not hard to find me. I'm, I, I do make myself quite uh, reachable. So. Yep. Well, thanks a lot, Joel, for your time. And we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Wow.